Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Saqqara life. Something we're constantly talking about at Sakara is how incredibly intelligent our bodies are and why it's so important to listen to the signals that they're sending us. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how important it is to reevaluate the inputs we're putting into our body and how they impact us on a physical and emotional level. I'll be joined by Amy Raup, a renowned women's health and fertility expert, celebrity acupuncturist, and head of Chinese medicine at The Well in New York City. Much of Amy's work focuses on helping women who struggle with fertility and autoimmune conditions, which in this episode, you'll see that the two are actually related as well. Amy is also the best-selling author of Chill Out and Get Healthy, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant, and Body Belief. I really love this conversation. I think this is information, important information to get out into the world. If you are looking to get pregnant, if you're struggling with fertility, if you have friends that are on a fertility journey, send this episode to them. There's so much good stuff in here. And even if you're not considering pregnancy, this is just a great reminder of how to be in the driver's seat of your own health. Well, hi, Amy. It is so great to have you on the Sakara Life podcast today. I know we've had multiple conversations over the years. Um, you've done our Sakara sessions, live events when they were live and in our office in Soho, New York. But I'm so happy to have you on our podcast and be sharing all of your knowledge with our listeners today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. I always love our conversations. Me too. So the first question we like to ask our guests on the podcast is, what do you feel like your personal mission is here on earth? I know it's a heavy question to dive into first thing. So the mission statement of my company, right, and and all the information we put out there is, I think we took it from one of I think Christiane Northrup's like her, her, one of her, her first book, Women's Body, Women's Wisdom, is women who heal themselves, heal their children's children. Mm. You know, if you asked me that question five years ago, it might've been something different, right? But that, it, over the years, I've realized that really encapsulates it all. And even for the work that I've been doing for, you know, for myself and for others my whole life and, and then, you know, in, in my business for the last almost 20 years, I really think it is that it's this mission to heal myself. Not that I think I'm so broken by any means, but, you know, to constantly continue to evolve and better and learn and, and spread that message of love and enlightenment and compassion. 
And that's a lot of the work I do in my current job and my space is, you know, a lot of people know me as someone who helps women get pregnant, but I always say it's really not about the positive pregnancy test. It's to me, it's about a woman really stepping into her true power. And that's the kind of mother I want in the world. You know, that's how I look at it is like, uh, I'm helping make mothers and that's a really big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Can we unpack that a little bit about heal the woman and... What did you say? You're healing the children's children. Women who heal themselves heal their children's children. So there's two parts to that. I I mean, I think, but there's, there's a Mm -hmm. scientific part. There's like legit science, epigenetic research that shows what your grandmother did impacts you and your health. Wow. Like legit evidence, which is fascinating. And then I think the whole like spiritual transgenerational trauma side to it too is is that same thing. Like our generations impact us either positively or negatively. And, and to really reflect on what is it that's yours to carry. And -hmm. then I also think from an epigenetic perspective, what can you take the power back over? You know, that's so much of what I teach is you have the power to change your health and change your fertility, change your life, you know, improve diseases, all these things. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it is these two things of like, we know we can shift epigenetics. We're very solid in that science and that research. And then I do think too, from the emotional trauma, transgenerational spiritual perspective, we can also free ourselves of those burdens, but not until we're conscious of it. Absolutely. And I think when you first said it, my mind went to this place of how much power women hold in the future of the planet. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Paul Hawkins' book, Drawdown, he talks about the top ways that we can reverse global warming and heal the earth. And one of those ways is through educating young women, educating girls, educating women, because we have so much of an impact on the world and everything that happens. But it's interesting that how you think about it is with our epigenetics, because it is so true that people want to say, oh, I have this thing and it's genetic. Well, maybe it's not genetic. Maybe it's actually this microbiome that is passed down from mother to child and so on. And people who are living in the same household, they are eating the same things, they are living the same lifestyle. And so they are are experiencing the same epigenetic expression. And so let's pause for one second. And for those who don't know what epigenetics are, do you want to go ahead and explain that a little bit? So forever, you know, up until the, I think the past, I would call it 10, 15 years. Because right when I wrote my first book, Chill Out and Get Healthy, it was like new information. And that was 2010 we always thought our genetics were set in stone. So what mom and dad had, you got, you know, it was passed down and a story. Then we realized as they were, what's the word? Tracking the genome. There's another word, coding. Mapping. Mapping. Uh, <laughs> mapping. <laughs> they realized only 5% of diseases, 5% of the diseases are actually heritable. 5%, that's it. That's the rest, huge. That's only yeah, 5%. Only 5%. The rest are epigenetic influences, which basically means you're born with a genetic predisposition, but how you live your life and the research clearly shows the food you eat, the amount of stress you're under and the toxins you're exposed to. So those are the three big markers that they looked at. How you live your life determines whether those genes turn on or turn off. And so 
yes, mom might have had like endometriosis or diabetes or breast cancer, and you might have those genes, you might have the predisposition, but you determine your fate part of it. You know, and we talk about that mm-hmm. a lot in Chinese medicine too, of like, we say there's I'm a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. So there's essence that is passed down to us from our parents. We call that prenatal essence. And then there's postnatal essence. And it's what we do with the postnatal is kind of what, what changes the lot in our life, you know? And so it's that same thing. Like you might have this disposition, you might have these genes, but you have a lot of control over whether or not they actually express themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece of what we talk about at Sakara is just helping to give you the support and tools mm-hmm. to focus on that piece of what you're doing that can influence the outcome, how you can help sit in the driver's seat of your own health. So looking at nutrition, looking at community, which I think mm-hmm. is a huge yeah. influence. And it can be hard if you're in a community who don't believe the same things that you believe or who don't eat healthy or take good care of themselves in a form of movement and mindfulness. Yeah, all of those things. Right. That it can be hard to get out of it. So how do you think of like if somebody is in that environment and they're saying what you're saying about living in the family, you are having the same gene expression because you're living the same culture, eating the same foods. And my family doesn't, you know, doesn't want to eat more plants. Like what, what is somebody like that? What do you advise them to do? I always say lead by example. Like we can't change other people, right? I think that's a bit of that transgenerational trauma. Like I can love and accept my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, my cousin, and I can still choose to do it differently, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's healing and empowering in and of itself. And I, and I think leading with, compassion, not judgment. Right. And then just saying, Mm -hmm. this is what works for me. Right. I always tell this story that as a mom now, you know, there's always like play dates and and the the go-to thing is like they order pizza, you know, always. And I'm like the mom that everybody's like, Oh, Amy doesn't eat the pizza. And I, so I, I always say, I say, I love pizza. Pizza doesn't love me guys. Like go ahead, eat it. Like God bless your tummy that you can handle the gluten and the dairy. I can't, I'm a sensitive girl. I figured it out. No judgment. Like it's like, and sometimes yeah. I do eat pizza, but I pick and choose the ones I eat. Right. So it, it's that same type of thing of like, be bold enough, I suppose, like take back, you have power in this situation. And so it, it's up to you. You know, I was, thinking about this earlier today after um, meditation of like, it's about you aligning with your spirit and your intention and your purpose and, and what your goals are. And so it's okay if others don't want to do the same thing, you still have a choice, right? You still have a choice in that decision. And so it's just like, I love and accept you, but this is, yeah, I'm going to bring some more plants into the house. You know, I'm going to have my green juice every day. I feel good on that. I have a lot of family who live in the South in Arkansas, Mississippi, like all across the South. And they don't enjoy the same foods that I enjoy. But every time we come together, you know, at like Thanksgiving, I'm the one that brings the big gigantic salad. And I decide, okay, I don't need to eat what everybody else is eating. If I want to change the outcome, I get involved, right? And so I will make food that I want to eat and make enough for everybody so that they can experience it. And maybe they have a, some sort of preconception of 
or preconceived notion of what it's supposed to, what healthy food is supposed to taste like. And then once they experience my version of healthy food, then they're a little bit more open to it. And the next time they eat a little bit more. Yeah, it, it can definitely be hard, but I found exactly what you're talking about. If I can stand in an empowered place and lead by example, then I feel a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing. I host, I host the holidays basically. So that way it's all, it's all on me. Everything's Amy approved, as I say. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to get into how does all of this fit into fertility? How does it fit into a woman's life cycle and menstrual cycle? And how does it all connect? How does what we eat and how we sleep and this world of epigenetics play into fertility? Fertility is an extension of health, right? They are not separate. Um, unfortunately, we've been told they're very separate, just like we've been told, like if you have a thyroid disease or you have Crohn's disease, like it's all separate, you know, that's, that's BS. And the health is mental, emotional, physical, nutritional, right? So, and I also love, you know, as a practitioner of Chinese medicine, um, one of the things we talk about is a woman's ability to conceive comes from her having an abundance of chi, which is like life force, energy, blood, and essence, which is kind of gathered from how you live your life. It's like your epigenetic manifestation, if you will. So she's got so much that she's like, oh, I got enough to make a human. You know what I mean? I'm overflowing with, and so, and that overflowing, that abundance of chi and blood shows in a pretty healthy menstrual cycle that comes on a fairly regular basis. Like keep in mind, we're not robots and, and you can ovulate on cycle day 20 and still have a baby. Like, I, you know, I think that's a big misconception too, but it all trickles down to the same thing. Like fertility is an innate right in, in every woman. And I do think any woman who desires to have a child should get that opportunity. And I'm hell bent on that, you know, and she shouldn't be told otherwise unless she's maybe exhausted all of her options and she's, she's looked at all her things and come to peace with it on her choice. But yes, this is an innate right, especially if you're born with a uterus and ovaries, which you know most of us are. But it's not your innate right for it to just work however you know you treat it, if you will. So there is this right. part that you play of, you know, and maybe younger you are the I always say the the less the pipes get clogged, like the more you can get away with stuff, you know. And mm -hmm. as we get older, which we're having children later and later, well, at least in New York City, that seems to be a popular choice. I did mm -hmm. it too. Our pipes get clogged more easily, so we have to make more conscious decisions, and that does really translate to the epigenetics, basically, like our predispositions start to show up more so we can do things to work in alignment with our health to then prevent yes. that epigenetic manifestation from coming on. And so you said having a healthy menstrual cycle. And I think that this is a really interesting thing to talk about. Our friend, Elisa Vitti, who has come on and, and she did a previous episode on our podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. It's awesome. But she was the first one who told me that the, our menstrual cycle, our periods are a vital sign Yes, that they can tell us so much so about much. our health and how we're doing, you know, even when we're not looking at fertility. Mm -hmm. So and can you talk a little too. bit about, yeah, like no, what does thing. a healthy cycle look like? So to us, like even in Chinese medicine, I mean, I just actually had this conversation with an associate of mine the other day where when a woman is on the pill, 
you know, that we can't gather that information clinically. Like a woman will say, oh yeah, my period comes regularly. You know, I can spot, I don't really bleed that much. Oh, but I'm on the pill. And and I say to them lovingly and kindly, it's actually not a period. That's a withdrawal lead. It's not a, like, if you want me to dig deeper on that hormonal front, we have to figure out what would work for you. And yeah, kind of unmask it, right? Yeah, we have to unmask it. But mm-hmm. so, yes, Chinese medicine, I mean, a period for a woman is like the first thing we go to. Like, I want to know the color of the blood. I want to know the amount of the blood. I want to know what PMS looks like. Are you crampy? Are you cloudy? How often do you bleed? And then I also want to know, do you see signs and symptoms of ovulation? You know, mid-cycle at some point, some egg white discharge, a little increased sex drive, maybe some breast tenderness, maybe a little what they call middle schmerz, like a little achy or pain um, in your ovaries around when you're ovulating. That tells me so much that basically the way I look at it is it's basically saying the body's like, I got enough. It's safe for me to procreate. Like I have, I haven't, safety is a huge part of it. But the body says, you know, it's, I'm not in chronic fight or flight. I'm getting all the nourishment I need. So like every month I can have this cycle and every month I can give you an opportunity to make a baby if, if that works for you. You know, it's, it's that, that's exactly what it's saying to us. And so what color should it be? How heavy should it be? Have all the information in, in yes, you can get pregnant. But so what color should it be? Like a paper cut color red, you know, like bright red, fresh blood. Yep. Not brown. Not, not brown, not black, not purple, not pale pink, not clear. And I want you fill in, you know, a couple, I prefer pads over tampons and organic personally, because, you know, you're putting toxins up there otherwise. So Mm -hmm. you should think about that filling, you know, cycle day one usually is the heaviest, but cycle day two could be as well. It's fine. Um, That doesn't matter so much. No minimal spotting to no spotting leading up or throughout the cycle, you know, some spotting sometimes fine. Again, we're not robots, but on a regular basis, that tells me something's awry. Mm -hmm filling, you know, maybe a super or a regular three to five times within that first day, maybe the same, a little lighter in that second day, and then it should slowly taper off. But three to five days of decent bleeding is is what we want to see. I don't want to see you so sick that you're vomiting or you have diarrhea or you pass out from the pain or you need to take four Advil to get through your day or you can't even actually make it to work that day. Fever, chills, like all of that there are signs that, you know, as I say, gently and kindly, there's kinks in the system and we need to work them out. And typically, I think the the easy word to put that all under is inflammation. There's a lot of inflammation in the body and we need to rectify it. But I also would add an asterisk to that. Have I had women with irregular cycles that have heavy bleeding or light bleeding and bad cramps that get pregnant? Absolutely. But I typically get the women that are having challenges, right? That are coming to me for help getting pregnant. So my goal is to get them to establish what that cycle, like that healthy cycle. And then that at about two weeks into the cycle, you have signs and symptoms of ovulation. And then about two weeks after that, you get a period. And I know when I was going through my fertility journey and struggles, I went to see Jill Blakeway actually uh, at the Yanova Center. And she said to me, she wanted to extend that time between when my period ended and ovulation because it was too short. I was ovulating too soon. And And that's a sign of like immature follicles and they're going to be less, as I would say, juicy. So less likely to get fertilized. Interesting. See, I I didn't know that. And I was wondering what that was. And what are some ways to 
to regulate that those times. Yeah. If it's the time fat. between fat is probably the most important thing. Um, I think fat and, you know, I mean, the three things that you should be eating and, and you know, my opinion, six to eight servings of vegetables a day, which Sakara has your back on that. You know, yep. um, you guys are really good fat content too, with your nuts and your seeds, avocado, salad dressings, salad dressings, all of that. And then I do, you know, recommend women trying to consume, you know, good amounts of protein too. Yeah. So those are the three things. And that's all we should basically be eating. So if you look about it too, like if you think about it from a fertility perspective, it's okay. So you shed your lining and the body gets the cue. Okay. We're going to do this again. And now we're going to start recruiting these follicles. They've been sitting in your ovaries. So basically the follicle that you're about to ovulate like this month, or you just ovulated was recruited a hundred days ago and has now been impacted by the environment in your body. So the food you eat, the stress for the last hundred days, 100 days, that's the process of follicular genesis. And so what you want to do to improve the quality of those follicles, which hopefully all have eggs inside of them, which hopefully can get fertilized by sperm and make a baby is minimizing your exposure to toxins and chemicals in, in your bath and beauty products, in your environment, sleeping enough, eating enough. A lot of women, you know, eat too low fat. They don't eat enough, right? Maybe they're intermittent fasting, which Elisa just had a great podcast uh, as well, talking about intermittent fasting, which I, you know, she's so eloquent in how she speaks. And I always love listening to her. Yeah. It's so hot right now. And I'm like, yeah, if you're a dude or, yeah. or you know, you're maybe a woman not trying to get pregnant, you know? Yeah. Or if you're past the, <laughs> yeah, the age of pregnancy, yeah, Absolutely. then, then that can menopause. be great. But, but if you're in... Mm-mm fertile years or no even bueno. before your fertile years, I'd say, yeah, it's it, intermittent it's fasting very is bad not choice. for women. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. a very bad choice. You see cycle irregularities like pretty immediate actually. And even keto, you know, too low carb, yeah. terrible for fertility too, which I know keto and intermittent fasting typically go together, but not always. Right. Mm-hmm. So you still need like 20% carbs. You really do. And you, and I think you could go up to like 60% fat. Absolutely. Like high fat really is good for fertility. I tend to stay at like 40 for my girls and then about 25 protein, 20 carbs. And you know, you're, you're kind of in a really good ratio for macros. Yeah. And with the keto, that's when we go into ketosis, that's part of our survival mechanism. hundred percent. But our bodies don't want to be in survival mechanism to have a baby. They need to feel like I can sustain my own life before sustaining another. There's research that actually shows, and I know there are women that get pregnant in war zones in very unsafe situations. So like- Or in ketosis. In ketosis, of course. Yeah, I've had it. Safety is a key. So whether you feel safe in your own body, like in your own thoughts, in your personal relationships, or if you're like, legit in an unsafe situation, the body will stop ovulating. It will just stop Mm -hmm. ovulating because it does not feel safe to procreate. It's like, oh, this isn't the right time for me, you know? So we'll just shut it down. And so that's exactly it with, with ketosis, with chronic stress. Like that's why when people Mm -hmm. say like stress impacts fertility, and I know every girl who's on a fertility journey wants to murder someone when they say that to them, (laughs) because it's like the rudest thing on the planet. Like, well, maybe you're too stressed. It's like, yeah, you go shove it. (laughs) It's the worst thing to say to anybody ever, but like, sure, we all have our certain level of stress, but legitimately, if you are in chronic fight or flight, it is really complicated for the body to feel safe to do it. It might still ovulate, but it's, it's going to basically almost the eggs just aren't going to be as juicy as... Yeah. And it's hard to manage stress. And I think it's hard to even realize that we're under stress when we're in it. It's not until we get out of it 
that you're like, oh, wow, I was really wound up. I was really stressed. I think that's why so many women get pregnant on vacation. Oh, 100%. Or when they've given up, right? Like I I always tell a story of one of my girls who was trying, you know, very, very hard and doing all the things and just wasn't getting pregnant, but was making good embryos actually. And her husband finally said, the science experiment that is your body is over and we're going to get a surrogate. You're done. She wasn't happy about it, but okay. And they signed the contract with the surrogate started to pay her. She was getting prepped for the cycle. Who gets pregnant naturally? You know, like legit the same day they've signed the freaking contract, she gets a positive pregnancy test. And I was like, that is fascinating. Like, and and she went on to carry that baby to term. The surrogate was gracious and they all did their relationship and everybody was really happy. But it's such a perfect, you know, and you hear about those, like in adoption, they always make you say like, can you, you have to show that you can afford for two children at the same time because so many couples actually get pregnant once they start the adoption process. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's actually like a part of the process. You have to actually show that you can afford two children. Yeah. I have a friend who her mother couldn't get pregnant and then they adopted a child and then she had three more babies after that, right after she adopted the child. I think some of that is energetic too, right? Like then you're mm-hmm. in the energy of perceiving, but like the the surrogate story, I you know, because I'm so fascinated with the spiritual side of things too. And she was very aware. I asked her, I was like, what do you think it was? And she was like, I think I finally had this click of like, I'm going to get my baby, you know? And so mm-hmm. can we get there before? Do you know what I mean? Can we, can we get yeah. to that space of just believing again or maintaining the hope, but I you, love that, you know, and that's where that surrender, surrender, right. Gabby Bernstein, you know, he says surrender, isn't giving up, it's giving over. And so mm-hmm. giving over to God or the universe and trust, trusting in the divine timing versus your timing. That's often. Very yeah, stressful. absolutely. And I'll, I'll mention have friends and, and no women who feel like, Oh, I need to detox and cleanse my body uh, before uh. I get pregnant and I'm going to do some fertility treatment. So I need to do a juice cleanse and be a vegan and these things. And I'm like, girl, we need to get you the opposite. Like, can we get you a cheesy eggy breakfast mm-hmm. burrito with some potatoes and build up every day some- be a detox though? Like I mean, I can't stand that word detox, right? You know, I mean, I don't mean it in that terrible way, but and like- And I think for certain people, fine. Like yeah. we we have our level two detox and it helps yeah. people. But I think when it comes to fertility, like you need some fat on your body. Gosh. You need fat to make hormones. You need fat for a storage. Like if you think about the body out in nature, you know, our bodies are really intelligent, really smart. I don't mm-hmm. need to tell you that, but for everybody listening, it's like- if the body's not sure when it's going to get its next meal because we're not eating regularly or we're restricting calories or anything like that, then it's going to go into that mode of holding on to food and storing energy in the form of fat and adipose tissue on our bodies. So that if we don't have a meal for a day or two, (laughs) we'll still be able to survive. And it's the same with breastfeeding. Like now I'm about 20 pounds heavier than when I started my pregnancy and, but I have a big baby. Yeah. He's like 21 pounds now <laughs> and he's four months and he loves to eat and he's fully breastfed. Yeah. And I know that my body is not going to release any of this no, weight nothing. that I'm carrying as long as he is feeding off of me because mm-hmm. my body wants to know that he's going to have enough food if for some reason I am, you know, stuck out in the wilderness in a cave that and can't eat 
that my body can still provide for both me and him. And that breast milk is the same in Chinese medicine as is the menstrual cycle. It's an abundance overflow. It's like I have enough to sustain myself and this human, right? And so it's the same kind of thing. So yeah, if you start calorie restricting or over-exercising or fasting postpartum, you should really expect your breast milk to minimize greatly, you know, greatly diminish. It, it will go away. And But I agree. I mean, I breastfed James for a solid year and it wasn't until like a year and a half that I actually got back to my weight because, but I didn't try. I didn't really change my diet much. I, I ate what I craved. I ate a lot of fat breastfeeding and, you know, and, and lots of water too and coconut water, but you listen to your body. Like that's it. It's just, there's an innate wisdom there. And if you can slow down enough to really hear that and listen, and I think it's the same with if we can get women to shift that mindset from that, that the body is smart and knows what it needs to then create a human versus I have to be super skinny and I need to, you know, detox. And, you know, it's this kind of thing. It's like, no, actually just get back to the basics and really just give the body what it needs. And, and it will be smart enough to then give you what, what you want. It's actually not that complicated. And I think people think it, it, um, it can be scary yes. to think about your body going through the physical changes and gaining weight and everything like that. But I think that being a mom, you have to make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. and that it's all for good, oh, you know, it's so worth it. It's so and worth to have trust and faith that the body is smart and that your body will get back to whatever yeah. it was in the right time and when it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, like, can we value our bodies based on something other than the way that it looks or a number on a scale? And trust in them too. I think there's, I don't know how you felt when you were on your fertility journey, if you will, but someone said to me last night when I was in the clinic, she, you know, she's going through harvesting embryos right now before transfer. And she said, every appointment I'm reminded of how my body isn't working or isn't doing this thing it needs to do. And so there's a lot of like, there's a crushing experience there too. And I think every cycle you don't get pregnant if you're trying is, is just this reminder, like oh, my body's doing that, but to also then realize that, well, not every woman gets pregnant every month she tries. I mean, even a 25 year old does not get pregnant every month she tries. Like nature is also very smart and your body is also very wise. So it's still believing in your body, even though it's not maybe proving itself at exactly the right time that you think it should. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I went to see one of those fancy fertility doctors in New York City. And he basically told me, oh, your body is broken. And, you know, that he was going to be the only way that I could ever get pregnant. And I think like, I'm a big fan of IVF. I think that it's amazing that we have this science and technology and think it's awesome. I didn't want to be told that my body was broken when I didn't feel it in my soul. And I think words are powerful. And I didn't want to hear some guy in a white coat telling me anything about my body when I didn't feel it was that way. And he wasn't giving me any type of tips or tools in order to repair or heal or get back on the right track. And I think from an outsider's perspective, they might say, well, you're one of the founders of Saqqara and you're doing all these things healthy. Like, how was it not happening for you? 
I think that's where it's like, I needed to step out for a second. I was still living this busy life, building a business, running a company, just like go, go, go nonstop. And even though I know what I need to do to get healthy, doesn't mean that it's easier that I was doing it all the time. And so I needed to like fully dedicate time and making space for this other being to come into my life. I needed to start saying no to Mm -hmm. events and run, run, run. I needed to really stick to my Saqqara meals, like eat them and get enough fat and get enough rest and sleep and, and also go on a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I think we actually got pregnant at the Dead Sea, which is one of my most relaxing places that I love to visit. That's amazing. Yeah, but it just, it takes, I know it takes time and it, the body will do it when the body knows that it's right. And when it's time for that little spirit. I mean, if we want to get into that too, it's, um, I do believe you're entering into a relationship with another being and another being Mm -hmm. who's choosing to come down, like whether you're in a partnership or not to be in this partnership. And I do trust that too, that they, they know when the right time is for them and for you and you know, in the, in the spirit baby conversation, you know, I always love the piece where it's, if there is a delay, it's just cause you're, you're the spirit of your child is just nudging you to be a, a little bit closer to the mom that they need you to be so that they can fully succeed in, in their life here on earth. Right. And so mm-hmm. almost see that as this is, this is like a, a, a time of, of blessing. And like you said, like you, but you did, you came back to you, you got clearer on, okay, these are the intentions and this is what I need to do. And Maybe I'm saying yes too often. I mean, I see that all the time, you know, and it's just you're saying no to the things that don't nourish and support you and then bringing in what does nourish and support and you feeling safe and your body feeling safe. And then divine timing is, is always magical. I totally agree. And now for a quick break. Today, we are so excited to tell you about one of our newest products, the Foundation Prenatal. As a pregnant mama, I couldn't find a product on the market that was both comprehensive and clean. So we had to make it ourselves. The Foundation Prenatal includes everything you know a prenatal should have, plus so much more. It contains a superfood-based multivitamin and algae omega, choline for baby brain development, macro minerals, our complete probiotic formula, and of course, if you are a Saccharolite, you know you love our greens. So we included a super green supplement in there as well. And just like we have such high quality standards when it comes to our Sakara Life nutrition program and the food we're putting into our bodies, we come to these supplements with the same level of standards of quality and cleanliness We really couldn't find anything out there on the market that met those standards. And so we had to create these any time of your life. It's important to be putting clean ingredients into your body, but especially during this time when you are building a life inside of you or feeding a life straight from your body. So these are the highest quality supplements out there on the market. Try them. You're going to love them. I used to have bottles and bottles of different supplements all lining my counter and have to count them out and put them all together. And this just makes it so easy. They all come together in one convenient packet that you can take 
with your morning meal or before you go to bed. It's all food-based, so it's really easy on the stomach, especially during those times in pregnancy when anything can be a little bit harsh on the stomach. So whether you're pregnant or postpartum and breastfeeding needing to replenish some of those nutrient stores, this is a great option to ensure you're getting everything your body needs. And for a limited time, we're gifting you $25 off your first purchase of the foundation prenatal. Simply go to sakara.com forward slash prenatal, P-R-E-N-A-T-A-L, and at checkout, use the code PODCAST25. That's S-A-K-A-R-A dot com forward slash P-R-E-N-A-T-A-L and enter PODCAST25 at checkout for your $25 off your first time purchase. Okay, now back to our chat. I get a lot of questions about how to optimize fertility in your mid thirties. Yes. And I know in one of our conversations in the past, you talked about how you could actually be more fertile later in life than earlier in life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had an eating disorder in college. I don't know about you guys. And I was so skinny and I didn't menstruate. I definitely wasn't fertile in my twenties. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. I got much more fertile from like 35 on because I started really taking care of myself in the right way. And I also think if we go back to the epigenetic conversation and even like the, the transgenerational trauma piece of it too, like women who heal themselves, you know, so that, that part of it, I think we can get away with it a little better in our twenties and maybe stay up later, drink too much, still get up and function. We can get away with it. And our body might be a little more forgiving and maybe pregnancy can happen then, but, and it does for a lot of women, but then as we get older, those behaviors don't support us anymore. They start ticking away at the genetic predispositions and maybe they start manifesting, maybe more inflammation starts to show up in our body. So when we make the changes, you know, to diet and to lifestyle, then we actually clean the pipes a little bit more, right? And we become less inflamed and fertility will continue to thrive. I mean, I have women been doing this 17 years, so I have a lot of stories, but you know, same as you, I'm a huge fan and supporter of, of fertility treatments and especially with the right doctors who believe in mm-hmm. your body. That's really important. Yes. So find the right doctors, girls. But also that like I've seen women make better quality embryos at in their mid 40s than they did in their mid 30s. Same woman, same journey, wow. still childless. You know what I mean? And we tweak things like more fat, more vegetables. I mean, it's, it really can be that simple. Most people eat like one to two servings of vegetables. I mean, you guys know this, I'm talking to Sakara, but like, seriously, like, yeah, they think that a little bit of lettuce and a slice of tomato on a sandwich is their vegetables. I have my vegetables. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. We got to up that. Like that's going to be yeah. the plate. And then the protein is the side dish and the yeah. fat is there. And, you know, and, and then we're cutting out all the crap too. But, but so, yeah, I mean, I've seen women's AMHs double. I've seen FSHs cut in half. I've wow. seen antrophological counts increase. I mean, you see the things that again, been doing it so long, like it's not a, it's not a fluke. I've seen it too often for, for me to not firmly stand in the opinion that, and it's a, it's a, I think it's a, a, not even an opinion. It's a, a clinical, clinical data that I've collected over the years. You know, maybe I haven't done a randomized control study on it yet, but your fertility can absolutely improve even though you're 
chronologically aging. And, I, and one thing I always pose to women is, is there's a big difference between physiological and chronological age. Mm. And, and most of it has to do with inf- managing inflammation in your body, whether it's emotional or physical inflammation. And I want to dig into that, but a question came to mind where, you know, I have a number of friends who are around the age of 35 mm-hmm. and who have a lot of them have already had a first child and then going into their second child, they have a number of miscarriages. Wondering, like, what are your thoughts on that? And for me, just thinking about, I would love to have another child, God willing. And, but I do have this like PTSD and fear inside of of me because I had a miscarriage trying to get pregnant the first time. So are there things that you can do to minimize the chances of having a miscarriage? What would you yeah, recommend? I too had one last year and it does. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. It's uh, it's just a crappy thing that happens, but it does happen. I think they say something like 18 to 20% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. The number ticks and that's up just a little what's bit. Recorded. That's just like, what's recorded. Exactly. Yeah. And it ticks up a bit. And also like there's all these chemical pregnancies that I think happen right. on a fairly regular basis. For me, and and maybe this will help you too, and I think the listeners, it's like one thing that I lean on in my healing from the miscarriage and then my fear is moving forward into another pregnancy is nature smart. Like I trust nature. So if I can just place my trust in that and I also trust the divine timing and I trust my spirit and I trust my heart, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. if you want it, then you got to go through the fear. You do, you just have to. Like I always say to my girls who have had a miscarriage before, listen, sign up for the first trimester sucking, like just sign up for it, sign up for the anxiety, sign up for it all, sign up for, you know, every doctor's appointment being the fear of that appointment that you had that said, Oh, I'm so sorry. There's no heartbeat or whatever. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. healthy. Your beta is dropping, whatever it was. You will eventually, like I believe, and I've seen it in most all of my women, you know, that you, you will go on to get through those appointments and they will be better and better but the trauma stays with you. And I don't know that it totally heals until that baby is in your arms. And even then, like, you know, you have the baby in your arms and you still have this thing because it, it just sucks, you know? So it's, I think you have to accept it and just, okay, miscarriages happen. It could happen again. What could I do? Sure. What could I do? So I do think it is taking that preconception time. You know, mm-hmm. I do think all the things like the fat and the veggies and the protein and taking good supplements, making sure you're on methylfolate, not folic yes. acid. Some women, if they're over 40, I mean, I would definitely consult with your physician when I say this. I know Jill Blakeway says the same thing, but baby aspirin in the luteal phase seems to actually help with implantation. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that before. That's a pretty common thing to do and to recommend. If girls have had more than one miscarriage without a live birth in between, this is an area of expertise, unfortunately for me, is you got to get to a hematologist and you need to get what's called a complete clotting factor panel. And typically yeah, then you get, put, you get put on a blood thinner and then that mm. helps you carry to term, which the baby aspirin is a blood thinner. It's pretty low grade, benign blood thinner. You might need a more serious one. Some girls have immune responses to pregnancy and they need to work with a reproductive immunologist, but there's some great ones out there. There's a book called... Oh, crap. Let me see if I can see it on my shelf. Um, is Your Body Baby Friendly? It's called by mm. Dr. Alan Beers. He is like the leader in this in this world. This is for the RPL girls, the recurrent pregnancy loss girls, habitual miscarriage girls. It sucks. And I do think that there's a connection between your immune system oh. and 
your ability to get and stay pregnant. 100%. So get really nerdy on you for a second. Pregnancy is the only parasitic infection our body doesn't try to kill off. Mm. We still don't know why. We don't know why. Something the embryo secretes is like, hey, no, 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 don't, don't kill me. Even though it's been made with somebody's sperm, you know, whether it's your partner or, you know, donor sperm, whatever, but it's been made with a foreigner's sperm in your body and it doesn't kill it off. But in some girls it does. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I wrote a whole book on autoimmunity after I wrote, yes, you can get pregnant. The main reason I was even interested in that conversation was because I saw autoimmunity impacting fertility so often, like you could even look at PCOS or endometriosis. They're not necessarily classified as autoimmune conditions, but they have many characteristics of autoimmunity at the, at the very least they're inflammatory disorders. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get a handle on the immune system and that makes the body. So, and I think that's what happens with, with aging. Sure. Our ovarian reserve declines when we age. Of course it does. Our egg quality, especially if we live a not so great lifestyle and our pipes are pretty clogged, our egg quality is going to diminish as we get older. But the best way to get ahead of your age in the fertility game is following a really anti-inflammatory style diet and um, managing the immune system. So when I get girls that are coming to me and they're afraid of losses or they've had multiple losses, it's exactly where I start. I start with like a lot of the information in my book, Body Belief, which is super aligned with, with Sakara's mission. And it works, you know, and then a lot of yeah. times I'll still get them to the right doctors, of course, because I, I, to me, I mean, and now, especially having been through one, it's like one miscarriage is, is enough. Like they just Absolutely. suck, you know, you don't need yeah. any more. But the other side of it, the emotional side of it is, Uh, you know, I always do say to girls, it's like, you still want this. So unfortunately then you, you have a choice here. You could just choose to stop trying, but that's not what you want in your heart. So then the choice is I want to continue to try. If you have another loss, I, I mean, I see it all the time. Unfortunately, I see it all the time. I know you're going to get right back on the horse. You are, and you're going to be okay. And you will get to that baby. Having somebody in your corner saying that to you goes a long way. Oh my God. Really does. It's my main job. (laughs) But I think like people who come in who might have had Crohn's or colitis or like I had cystic acne, people who have had chronic tonsillitis, maybe had their tonsils removed, all of these different signs of autoimmune, Hashimoto's, anything like that. Hashimoto's is huge. I think that those are all... Yeah, that that those are people who are our systems, mine included, are a bit more sensitive. And so we have to do a bit more work in order to take game. care of ourselves. Yeah. That's it. Like because I, you know, I I have, you know, all my online communities and, and hundreds and thousands of women's men that I serve. And and a common question that I'll get is like, well, why do women who eat McDonald's or crack addicts, why do they get pregnant? And it's like some of it I say, you know, it's, it just is what it is. It was what was in the cards for them. Divine timing, you know, it's out yeah. of our hands. But the other thing of it is, is they might have a different genetic predisposition than you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm like you, Whitney, like my system is sensitive. Like I can't really stray. And I, I'm happy I learned that. And I know what works for me now. And, and this has allowed me to, you know, have fertility in my 40s. 
but I see that like with some women, we just have to get a little more aggressive faster and other women can get away with things. Like some of my girls, they don't need to go gluten-free or dairy-free. They just need to go organic with those choices or sprouted with those choices. Some of my girls, if you have Hashimoto's, like I think you have to treat gluten, dairy, and soy like allergies, like they're legit allergies to your body. Mm -hmm. So it just, but I, you need to find the right people that support you, the right people that have the knowledge. And then also, you know, we have like a checklist we have everybody fill out. We call it the kinks in the system. And some of these girls have like 40, 50 kinks in their system from like cystic acne to headaches, to brain fog, to GI issues and constipation, constipation, diarrhea. I mean, GI symptoms always. When I see GI symptoms, skin issues Mm -hmm. and brain fog or low energy, even though they sleep. Or anxiety. I think anxiety, it all stems from gut as well. Well, it's, It's an intolerance. Your body is actually responding to something in your system that it can't actually tolerate. And so for some, it manifests as anxiety. For some, it manifests as extreme fatigue. For some, it manifests as both. You don't, you know, I always do an elimination diet. To me, that is like the absolute best hands-down way to do it. And then you slowly add things back in and you figure it out. Yeah, so that, that's like our level two detox program yeah. that we created with Dr. Aviva Ram. And uh, it eliminates major allergens yes. and it, it takes things a level deeper. And so it's hard because it doesn't yeah. have the, you know, your body, especially if you come from eating a lot of bread or sweet things, mm-hmm. like the microbes in your gut are going to be sending your brain signals like we haven't been fed yet. Feed me, feed me. And it takes a little bit of time for those microbes to die off a little bit and quiet down and the microbes that feed on the plant fiber and the healthy Mm -hmm. fats and that type of thing to build up their colonies and to strengthen that craving of feed us, feed us the Mm -hmm. good stuff. Mm -hmm. So our level two detox, it's only a five-day program but it kind of like jumps kicks yeah, things a good into, jump start. yeah it's, it's a good, good jump, jump start. start and so yeah I'm with you on like clearing out some of that noise some of the inputs that can be telling our body the wrong things that we think are healthy could actually be triggering you know so it's it's very interesting but yeah I'm, I'm the first to tell anybody who comes to me like the diet isn't easy <laughs> yeah you, you might not like me while you're doing it but <laughs> yeah uh, you will see the benefits, you know? And so, and what you guys have as your level two detox is, it's like a great jump start. It's a great awakening for people. Cause then mm-hmm. you go back and you reintroduce and you're like, Oh, now my, that stomach pain is back. Or I, I, my skin was so clear when I did that, you know, the five days and now I got, I got acne again. That's, that's a clue. I think that's a huge clue. Headaches, yeah. you know, digestive issues, skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, all that huge indicators of, a lot of inflammation in the body and potentially autoimmunity brewing. And so we get that under control. Then, yeah, I do see automatically fertility just thrives. Yeah. What about thyroid? Uh, We also get a lot of questions about thyroid and how that plays a role in everything. What's the master of it all? So it does plays a role in every single thing. First thing I have girls tested for complete thyroid panel though, not just your TSH. You need your free T3, your free T4, and your thyroid antibodies. Most people don't check thyroid antibodies. Most doctors don't check it because, which is thyroid antibodies, if you have them present, that means you have Hashimoto's, which is autoimmune thyroid disease, which is different than hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. And I think it's something like 80% of women with hypothyroidism actually have Hashimoto's 
which mm. so you can have both. And most doctors don't test for thyroid antibodies because there's no treatment for it. The antibodies basically. I was just going to ask you, like, is there a treatment for it? Because after, after my pregnancy, I did my postnatal blood work and I was showing some antibodies. Yeah. And so I don't know if like, that's just because I'm healing from pregnancy and it'll go away or. So going back to that, like whole parasitic infection conversation, Mm. pregnancy is a great trigger for autoimmunity. It just is. So Darn. that's why women there's like, but no, 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 you okay. can totally master it. And, and some, you can still get pregnant with antibodies. It's really just about like exposure. Like I think not to diagnose you via a podcast, but like <laughs> <laughs> gluten, dairy, soy out of your diet, a hundred percent. And I would even minimize grains like right away, keep up with your good fats and your ton of your greens, you know, do like broccoli sprouts, you know, that kind of stuff to really help detox and reset. Yep. Chances are it'll reset, but a lot of women, A, awesome that you even did a postnatal workup, like, you know, cause, cause you're, you know, you have a Vivarama on your team and I know you were probably and shout to out that. to yeah. Parsley Health and yeah. Dr. Robin Burson. Who's a yeah. Good Robin Burson well. too. So of course, yeah. I mean, I recommend it all the time. Doctors don't even check women. And then they're like, oh, well you have postpartum depression. Well, no, she has hypothyroidism or maybe anemia. Like no one's checked her. You know what has, has anyone done blood work on this woman? You know? And you're just giving her anti-anxiety medication uh, is, I mean, it's horrible, but yeah. pregnancy can trigger autoimmunity. But, but that's the thing about autoimmunity. Like maybe if you had Hashimoto's, like, can I promise you that you could cure it? Not necessarily, but can you heal it? Absolutely. So maybe you always have a low level of antibodies, but they don't have to do anything. It's, it's when they're very high, they're mismanaged. They'll eventually cause your thyroid to completely crash. And then you have to be on medication for the rest of your life. So that's what the Western world waits for. In our world, we know gluten, dairy, and soy, they, they look like the thyroid protein. So anytime you eat them, they basically trigger the thyroid to attack itself and they increase the antibody load. And so removing them really helps the situation. And then working on properly detoxing and then doing things to support your thyroid, like zinc and selenium. Yes. And then I want to end with talking a little bit more about the spiritual side of pregnancy, of, of fertility, because I think, yes, from a physical standpoint, we need to be doing the things to get our body to its healthiest point, to be really nourished so that we're overflowing and can support another living being. We need to be eating those healthy foods. We need to be getting enough plants into our diet, feeding that good bacteria in our gut, getting enough healthy fat and drinking enough water, all of these things to nourish our eggs, taking the right supplements, a good prenatal, and be aware of our cycles so that we can can use it as a vital sign and tell us how we're doing in our health. But also this spiritual, emotional side plays such a huge role in this. Um, what can we be thinking about from, from that side to be supporting fertility. And that's almost what you said before about starting to say no to things in the run, run, run lifestyle. I often talk about like, are you in the receiving mode or are you in like the doing or the giving or the not receive the blocking mode? Right. And so from a spiritual perspective, to start to think about that, like, how do I receive conversations? How do I receive invites? How do I receive my food, my nourishment? you know, where am I making space for this child? And even working on the vision of like, okay, how's my life going to look 
six months pregnant? What is that going to look like? You know, start to just play that role in, in your head a little bit. But I think that's a huge part of it is, is that receiving mode. And then I think getting into like nourishment, how do I nourish myself? Like, does this, you know, and also with that is like, how is this spiritually aligned with what my goal is that I'm trying to achieve? And so over-exercising, under-sleeping and under-eating aligned with trying to make a human, maybe not, you know? And so, so it's becoming conscious, I, I think, of your choices and, you know, how much time am I giving to myself? How am I nourishing and supporting myself? How are my relationships nourishing and supporting me? How is my community nourishing and supporting me? And I think when you start to be conscious of all that, then it, it is easier to tap into the spiritual side of things and start to, I guess, trust in the divine timing. And, mm-hmm. and even if, if you're open to it, you know, there's a beautiful book called Spirit Babies uh, for anybody who's, yes. who's on the journey of trying to get pregnant. But then you even go one step further and you can start like having conversations and doing meditations, connecting with your spirit baby. It's, it's years ago. I mean, before I was even married or thinking about children, but seeing women go through miscarriages and just the trauma of fertility challenges, someone recommended I read the book Spirit Babies to help me help them. Mm-hmm. It was a game changer because it did. It just started to open me up because I was getting angry. I was mad. I was like, why did these women have to suffer like right. this? Like they were trying so damn hard. And um, it, it helped me start to understand and open up into this energy of alignment and divine timing and, and how we nourish ourselves. So women who heal themselves, I mean, it really still comes back to that. Like, what are you doing for you? You have to, I think you have to learn to mother yourself before you can really step into the mothering role. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, when you're talking about saying no to things and being in the receptive mode, what it sounds like to me is really tapping into that energy of the feminine, of the feminine, hundred percent, the yin. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us live in this yang energy where business owners and we're driving things and we're task masters and like in this very kind of masculine state of being on a regular basis. We're super rigid and we're not flowing. And so it's like, yeah, we got to yeah. get into that, like, you know, most like the hippy dippy, you know, but, flow. And, <laughs> and a little bit softer, soften our edges. And well, and think about that too. Like the, to egg, the outer shell of the egg is, is a uh, phospholipid bilayer. So it's fat, basically all fat. And, but it's gotta be like kind of soft and cushy for that sperm to be able to come in and break through egg quality becomes poor when the egg is rigid. Mm. It's very interesting. So the rigidity then creates like basically the abnormal cellular division. So fat helps with improving the egg quality, but so does softening. So does like the yin Chinese medicine. The yin is all about like fat and fluids and juiciness. You know, it's like the yin is like super fertile cervical mucus and like a healthy period. That's really good yin. But to think about that, and it is, and, and the woman, a woman in her yin is, she flows, she's soft, she's, she's open, and she's, she's going with the flow instead of checking the boxes and saying, no, I, yeah. need, I need kid number one at 35, and then kid number two at 37, and then we're going to buy the second house at 39, and then we're going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. take a deep breath, you know, take a deep breath. Be here right. in this moment and, and let, let your kids actually have a decision too, because they're, they're coming into this family. Let them make some yeah and i actually read that book spirit babies and something that came to me it was this feeling like this baby didn't want to be born in new york city Aww. and i kept fighting that feeling 
And you can ask Danielle, like we had conversations over and over about it. Should I try being out in LA for a while and these different things, but just life wouldn't let it happen until this pandemic. And then it just, it lined things up for this baby to be born in Arizona. And so, you know, and And for you to have your tribe, like your family, like, yeah. And maybe the baby knew that the pandemic was coming. So it was going to be perfect timing and that, you know, for the little spirit to, to join me. So I, I agreed divine timing and that they have their own wants and decisions and, and what they're looking for, for their own spirit journey. So we can control what we can control and there's a whole level that we can't control. So having that faith and openness control what you can like so you're in your preparedness and you stay in your preparedness that's your control that's your choices you make every day and you await the opportunity that's it right it's this preparedness and opportunity but you you don't really have a say in the opportunity that's where the trust and the magic comes into it Mm -hmm. well thank you for being there for women and reminding them to have that trust and have that faith and supporting so many women along their own individual journeys So on our Sakara Life podcast, we like to end with what we call light work. And what that is, is a practice or an exercise or a challenge, something to take what we've talked about today and put it into action. So I'd love for you to share some sort of light work with our Sakara Light listeners. I think it's just what we were wrapping up with is asking yourself several times a day if you can, but you know, two things I do is, is one, I, I ask myself, Amy, where are you? And to connect with myself quickly, like get me right back. Oh, I'm right here. I'm on this call with Whitney. We're having this great conversation. I'm not thinking about my two thirty call that, you know, whatever it is, where are you? And then looking at my choices and asking myself, how does this nourish me? How does this align with my spirit? How does this support my goal? Right? So to just like come back home for me, those two questions they're there, you know, I think they're somewhat profound too, but just like, where are you? How does this action right here nourish and support you, meaning me or you? Mm-hmm. I think it calls you right back home and, and to the consciousness, which is the key because so many of the choices we make are right. Just based on uh, unconscious, you know, autopilot. Action. Yeah, autopilot. Mm-hmm. We're just busy, busy, busy. So come back home, take a deep breath. How does this nourish me? How does this support me? And where am I? That's beautiful. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. your wisdom and being on our life podcast today. It was so good chatting with you. So good. And Thank great you to see so you. Much. Great to see you. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com. Or send us a DM at sakaralife. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. Mm -hmm.